Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. The Aggies led the SEC in sacks last season. Will they have more or less in 2024? You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefani. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Friday, everybody. It is the weekend. Fun football coming up this weekend. Playoff football. Exciting weekend. Hope y'all feel the same way. You know, today I was sitting this morning and thinking about some fun topics to discuss today. We're starting to get to that, you know, kind of period between portal and offseason and, you know, not as many players are coming in in the portal. And so I was thinking of a topic and and I, I landed on, hey, the Aggies led the SEC in sacks last season with 42. They were right ahead of Tennessee who had 41. With the additions and subtractions via the portal, players you lost, players you gained, will the Aggies have more or less sacks next season? And then follow-up question again, could they lead the SEC in sacks? And to me, the answer is yes. So I did the math. You're losing about 24 sacks. You're losing about 24, which is over you know, half. 24 times 2 is more than you had. You were losing over half of your sacks from last season. You know, uh, Coop had a whole bunch of sacks. Walt had four. You know, you're losing a whole bunch of sacks to the portal, a couple to, you know, moving on to the next level, different things there. So you're bringing in 24 and a half sacks. And that is what, to me, is so substantial about this. So, you know, I mean, let's bring in, I mean, discuss who had a lot of sacks. So the Bowling Green edge rusher, Cassius Howell, had nine and a half. That's a whole bunch. We know Nick Scorton, the Purdue edge rusher, had 10. So they're right there is a good portion of it. You know, they're right there is 19 and a half of those 24 and a half sacks. But um, Jaden Hill, the corner from Florida, had a couple. So, I mean, you know, they all it wasn't just the defensive linemen. There were some corners, there were some safeties, there were some linebackers that all had a few sacks last season. And then knowing who you are bringing back, listen, I think that I mean, I think that Nick Squarton, I've discussed how I think he's going to have a massive, massive season for the Aggies next season. I think he is the number one player the Texas A&M added via the transfer portal. Um, But I think that some of these other players you brought in via the portal are going to help a lot too. I think that 
it's not just about Nick Scorton and Cassius Howell. Like, you know, bringing back Shamar Turner is a big deal. We know that he is able to get some pressure on the quarterback. He's able to uh, put up some sack numbers. We know we found out just a few days ago he was coming back. That was one of those. It really felt like that was one of the last kind of straws. Hey, are you going to get Shamar Turner back? If Shamar Turner comes back, this defensive line is going to be elite. Um, so, you know, it's kind of funny. It's interesting to me. I don't think it just has to do with personnel. Person, you know, I think, listen, as you everydayers know, I, DJ Durkin aged me a whole bunch of years last season. You know, DJ Durkin had me to where it was like, I felt like I went from 23 to 47 griping about things he was doing that I was upset about. Now, of course, Coach Elko comes in. Coach Bateman comes in on the defensive side of things. And, and, and you look at this and you go, I believe in this coaching staff to be able to know, hey, we should draw up a blitz here. Hey, we should send pressure here. We should not send pressure here. It was so frustrating knowing the defensive line you had last, uh, last season, knowing the front seven you had last season, and watching Coach Durkin send one player. I'm kidding, but you know, send two guys, three guys. And it's like, okay, coach, our, our secondary is awful, and you're sending three players. Let's send some dudes. Let's get some pressure so that our um, secondary doesn't have to cover as long. It was really frustrating. And I do think that after, like, you know, that Miami game is what frustrated me the most. I know that they ended up bringing some pr more pressure throughout the rest of the season, but that frustrated the holy heck out of me you know watching them not send any any players against Miami so I think that personnel is going to have a lot to do with this and I think that coaching staff is going to have a lot to do with it you know at the end of the day I do believe if coach Durkin would have sent some more pressures last year Texas A&M could have had even more sacks than they did you know that th they led the SEC by one sack I think they could have led by six maybe seven had they drawn up some more pressures, especially in some of the games against um, some of the not great teams? You know, some of those games, Texas A&M didn't get all, all, all that as much sack numbers and pressures. I kind of thought they would. I mean, I know that some of those teams were getting the football out quick and there's some different details going on there. But still, it is interesting to me that Coach Durkin chose to do things the way he, he did. But, yeah, I mean, I think that the mixture – of the new coaching staff plus the personnel you're bringing in. We know that Nick Scorton can get after the quarterback in, at the, in the power, at the, at the power five level. We know that we know that he's done it in against Ohio state. He's done it against Michigan. He's done it against teams with solid offensive lines. Uh, Cassius Howell is the player that is going to be more. Okay. Can this guy get pressure on the sec? As I always say, folks, as you everydayers know, I just I am a big believer in tape transferring. You know, six foot four, two hundred thirty-five pounds. I think he could put on ten pounds. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, someone close to Blake Ivy, the offensive uh, tackle commit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I assume a family member. I don't know that. Um, but they uh, was tuning into the show, and I was talking about how I think, hey, Blake Ivy needs to put on a little bit of weight. Uh, good weight. And, you know, this uh, commenter made up a great point. He said, hey, I dropped off Blake the other day. He's at 313 pounds. But you got to understand, uh, which is very really exciting to me, but you have to understand 
offensive line play isn't all about how much you weigh. It's about, you know, first of all, I, you know, the thing I say all the time, it's about um, the dog in the fight, not the, you know, that saying, not the, not the size of the dog, but the, the fight in the dog, that saying, why am I blanking on? It's like my favorite, my favorite saying, but you know, that that's the stuff that matters. Can you, do you have that in you? Do you have this mentality of I'm going to bury this person? Um, and I think that Cassius Howell has that just watching the tape. I think not only does he have that mentality, I also think he has all of the, the moves and that come with, you know, being a, a pass rusher. I mean, like I said, he's not a one dimensional pass rusher. That is the thing. There are players who get by with one move. You don't want to be a player who has one move in your arsenal. If you are a player like that, you know, teams are going to plan for it. Teams are going to, are going to watch um, that tape and go, okay, all this guy can do is spin. All this guy can do is push pull. So having a player who has a, uh, you know, a bag full of different moves, I, I keep wanting to say post moves, <laughs> but uh, um, full of moves to get to the quarterback, it makes your football team better. So I think the Aggies can lead the SEC in sacks this season. I think that they – here's the deal. I, I don't know if I'm willing right now to say that Texas A&M will lead the SEC in um, in sacks. I don't know if I'm willing to say that right now. But what I am willing to say is if Texas A&M has less sacks than they did last season, it is not going to be by a substantial amount. We're talking 39-40. You know, I believe that Texas A&M hits the 40-sack mark this season. I just think these two additions you brought to the edge, um, outside linebacker room, edge rusher room, plus the guys you got coming back at the linebacker room, knowing how you're going to be able to get pressure with some of your secondary players, I think Texas A&M does. And, you know, getting Shamar Turner back is a huge deal. I think Texas A&M does get at least 40 sacks next season. So will they lead the SEC? Still to be seen, going to be interesting. But I will tell you, I do think that they hit that 40 number again next year under Coach Elko and Coach Bateman. So I have a fun experiment that I thought about. Once again, um, you know, normally I like to plan, I like to plan a little bit the night before the show. And last night I was just kind of blanking. I was like, what should I talk about tomorrow? And I sat and I thought and I thought and I thought and I woke up and I laid in bed and I thought more about it. And I had an idea. I have a fun one. We are going to predict the line. And the FPI numbers for every single one of Texas A&M's games next season. This will be a fun one. This will be a fun experiment. I think some of these might surprise you a little bit, my opinions here. We're going to talk about that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays, and a ton more. I use FanDuel. It's fun to use. The app's easy to use. 
it is just a great way to enhance any sporting event you are watching. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So looking at this prediction I made, I have the lines here. So let's run through it. Let's let's go. Let's get straight into it. Notre Dame at Cowfield. This line, as I, I we discussed this the other day on the show, FanDuel already had a future line out for this game that had Texas A&M favored by a point and a half. I have a feeling that's going to swing the opposite direction by the time you know the season gets here to where it's Notre Dame by a point and a half. Um, I think folks are starting to get wise to the fact that Notre Dame is a little bit overhyped every single season, and Maybe Texas A&M is going to be a little bit, you know, we talk about normally Texas uh, A&M being a team that is a little bit overrated sometimes and overhyped. I think that Texas A&M kind of could be on that opposite side this year where they're a little bit underrated. People say, well, they lost everybody in the portal, the coaching turnover and this and that. I think that could lead to the Aggies being a little bit underrated. So, you know, I'm anxious to see how that looks, you know, kind of like, you know, the preseason media and all that will be, that'll all be interesting to me next year for Texas A&M. Cause I think it seems to be underrated, which is great. I love that. That excites me. Um, but I think that FPI will give Notre Dame a 53% chance to win this game, which would of course give Texas A&M a 47% chance to win this game. So I think that line is going to flip in the favor of Notre Dame, but I think that's a game that the Aggies can win. Then I've got the McNeese game. I, you know, I'm not going to give you a line for a game like that. It's going to be 32. You know what I mean? It's just we're not going to do lines for those games. But normally, so I'll just go ahead and go through all of those games. McNeese, it's going to be a, a, a big line. Normally, the percentage on, on a team like, you know, McNeese and a team like, um, where's the other one? Oh, Bowling Green, you know, are, are around that 96, 97% FPI chance for Texas A&M to win. New Mexico State, I know that they lost their coach and their quarterback to Vandy, ironically. But um, that actually just happened. But they were a good football team last year. So I, I think that the percentage here could – the line, I'm not going to give you a line, but I think you could see this um, percentage being closer to 95% instead of 97 but that, that's those games. I don't want to, you know, with those lines, we know they're going to be big lines, and we know that the numbers are going to be crazy, so I, I'm not going to predict those. Um, at Florida, this might surprise some folks because I, as as you all that listen to this show every day know, as you every day know, I am very anti-Florida. I do think Texas A&M goes into Gainesville and wins that game. I actually, frankly, have a ton of confidence in that. I, um, I don't believe in, in Billy Napier. And, and I also, once again, 
I can't explain to you how bad I feel about their schedule. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm begging y'all to go look at their schedule if you haven't already. It is like awful. Like they literally play. I'm pretty sure that their non-conference games are like it's three good Florida schools. If I'm wrong, don't quote me on that. And then kind of one bad school. And it's like UCF, Florida State, Miami, maybe. Um, I know that UCF and Florida State are on there. I forget who the third team is, but it's like insane. I really do feel bad for them. And then their SEC schedule is not much easier. Like there's a chance I think Florida could could win one game, in all honesty. And I think their most winnable game aside from that might be AM. And that's why it's going to be, a, you know, that might make it a little tougher on the Aggies if Florida goes, this is our one shot here, folks. We got to win this one. But – I actually do think with this game being early in the season, you can see Florida favored in this one. I have two and a half points with it being on the road, at, you know, at home, Florida on the road for the Aggies. And I think you're going to see uh, Florida with a 56% chance to win this one on ESPN's FPI numbers and the ESPN matchup predictor. Um, then the Arkansas game at AT&T. I think that you're going to see this line be heavier in the favor of Texas A&M. Um, I, I think this is, frankly, we've talked about, and I'll have this discussion more at the end, but I think you're going to see a lot of the lines next year for Texas A&M um, and, and their games be kind of not huge, you know. I think this is going to be one of the more, one of the larger lines. I, I think you're going to see um, A&M with uh, minus four and a half to win this one with a 62% chance on ESPN's matchup predictor. I just, once again, Arkansas, uh, I just don't believe in what's going on over there, which I hate because I love Coach Pittman. I mean, I love Coach Pittman, but I just don't see that working out. I don't see you know him working out. I think that Texas A&M wins that game, um, and they're minus four and a half point favorites. And frankly, I think they cover that line. Um, then you got Missouri. Um, this game's in Kyle Field. This is a tough one too. You know, I, I kind of made the comment probably about three or four weeks ago, breaking down the schedule. And I said, is Missouri a one hit wonder or are they legit? I kind of think Missouri is going to be legit. Uh, the way they're using the portal a little bit and the way they're recruiting now, I think Missouri is going to stick around. I think coach drink has them in a good spot. So I think that this line is minus two and a half or three and a half. I struggled really hard on this one. But minus two and a half or minus three and a half in the favor of Missouri, um, even at home for the Aggies. I think they give the Missouri Tigers a 58% chance to win this ball game. Then at Mississippi State, I think this game, I think that the Aggies are minus one and a half point favorites in this one. I I like the coaching hire they made down there in Mississippi State, uh, but I think it's going to take a little time. And I think they're going to give him a little bit more time than they gave Arnett. So I, I, um, which I still feel bad for Arnett. I mean, that's, that's, tough. you know, he, he was dealt a tough hand, to, uh, hand of cards there. But, um, I think that the Aggies are on one and a half point favorites in this game. I think they cover that spread. And I think the matchup predictor in the FPI numbers give the Aggies a 57% chance to win this football game. Then you got LSU. I think LSU, I think AM is, is, is a, I mean, this is, I think this is going to be a pick em. So you could say, you know, AM minus one, LSU plus one. I think this game is gonna be a pick'em. Um, but I do, sometimes they'll do this. Sometimes they'll, they'll you'll see the line be toward AM or be toward one team, and then the, the FPI numbers be toward the other. I think this might be one of those games. I think this could be a game where it's like 
LSU minus one, AM plus one, but then LSU has a, I mean, AM has a 51%. I have AM with a 51% chance to get this win simply because it's a home game. And, you know, the matchup predictor and FPI, they love the home team always. So then South, um, at South Carolina, um, I have this game being uh, a pick em as well, even money. I mean, I, I just – I think this game – South Carolina, to me, is going to be a little bit better than Mississippi State, but I don't think they're going to be as good as Texas A&M, and you're playing this game on the road. So I think that you're going to see this game be even, but I think, once again, you're going to see the matchup predictor in favor of the Gamecocks just based on the fact that they, as I said, love the home team. So I have 51% there. Then you've got the Auburn game in Auburn. I have Auburn minus two and a half points in this game. I think that Auburn's be a little better than people anticipate. And I think that you're getting them kind of deep in the year, which is a, a little scarier than getting them, you know, when you got them last year before they kind of got a stride going. So, you know, I don't, I don't like catching Auburn here. I wish you could catch Auburn a little earlier than this. So I think that this line um, is minus two and a half, maybe even minus three and a half in the favor of Auburn. And I think that they're going to have a 61% chance to win this one on the matchup predictor. Then the matchup with Texas. I think the Longhorns are minus three and a half point favorites in this game. I think you can see that if their season goes how we anticipate, I think you'll see that maybe climb up to minus four and a half. And then I think they'll have a 64% chance to win it on the ESPN matchup predictor. So that's kind of how I think the lines and the FPI matchup predictor numbers will shape up for the Aggies next year. Um, I think that's pretty favorite. Let me know in the comments. How do we feel? Is there a game you think they'll be favored in, they won't be favored in, that I said? Let me know. I'm curious to hear y'all's thoughts on that. I got a couple mailbag questions. We haven't done mailbag in a while, but like I said, getting deeper into the offseason stuff, I ha I've had a couple questions that I think are, are very good questions. One of which, why am I so high on Coach Klein? I'll answer that and a few more questions coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time. I love Game Time. I talk about it all the time. We all love going to sporting events, going to concerts, going to see comedy, right? It, it's, it's, you know, you go to work. Work's tough. You want to go do something fun on a Friday night or a Saturday night. You want to go do something fun. Go catch a ball game. You know what I mean? We That's how we all are. I get it. We all get it. And some of these, of the, comp the competition of game time, they're in the business of making money. Game time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Obsessed. You know, that's what I love. They're in the business of saving us money. And that means a lot to me. You know, some companies, that's not what they care about. That's not their priorities. Game time, that's what they are trying to do. And that, to me, really says a lot. That's why it's a company I want to support, I love to support. I also love that when you go to buy your tickets, they have this um, cool feature in the app where you can kind of see where your seat is. You can look and see, okay, where am I sitting? What does it look like to the stage or to the field? I love that feature as well. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed.
So why am I so high on Coach Colin Klein? Plain and simple. Plain and simple for me. I think that he is a really good up-and-coming offensive coordinator in college football. And I'll tell you this, and I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. I think that that Coach Klein is not going to be at Texas A&M long. And you might say, why, Andrew? Because I think he's going to be a head coach at a Power 5 school within the next few years. That's how good I think he is. I think he really is a serious up-and-coming coach in the college football world. I think he's going to be a star in the industry, and I do think he'll have a head coaching job soon. So we need to enjoy him while we got him because I do think he's going to be moving on. But I just watching back, you know, watching Kansas State play and watching, you know, his play calls and his ways he uses different players and uses um, schemes, it, it all just – he's just such a smart play caller. I love that he's been there. I know a lot of coaches have, but he's been there recently. He's a young guy. Um I just think that Coach Klein is going to be a star. I think he's going to be an incredible offensive coordinator. I think this Texas A&M offense is going to take a massive step just right here, last year to next year, going to take a massive step. I think it could be one of the better offenses in the SEC thanks to Coach Klein and his ability to call plays. Um, Next question I have here is, is will Texas A&M have a 1,000-yard receiver? I don't, I don't think so. Based on the way Coach Klein likes to run his offense, um, you know, running the football, kind of having a lot of balance, uh, and, and like, like he likes to spread the football out in the, in, in the passing attack. I, I just, I don't think Texas A&M does have a thousand yard receiver, even though Texas A&M will have a ton of talented receivers. But I think you're going to see uh, Jabri Barber and Jade Walker and Noah Thomas and Moose all get you know fed the ball. They're all going to get the football a lot to where I can see a lot of guys having 620 yards, Donovan Green you know, included in that because we know how um, Coach likes to use the tight ends. So I think you could see a lot of guys over that 500, 600 mark, but I just, I'm not sold on the 1,000-yard mark. Um, so next question is, will there be a package for Reed if Wegman is the starter? Or uh, or Henderson, you know, whichever one is more athletic. But I you know, I kind of lean toward that being Reed. I think you might see a few plays like that. You know, Coach Klein, um, their backup quarterback, you know, a guy named Avery Johnson last year uh, behind Will Howard, and they, you know, not every game, but there were a few games where they had a couple packages for him. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Coach Klein use Reed in that way. I mean, his legs are an are incredible tool. So I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Coach Klein have a couple of of tricks up his sleeve to use Reed. Um, which I think is a good thing because we've talked about how, you know, let's say Wigman does win the job. You don't want to lose Marcel Reed. He's going to be a star. I mean, really, he's going to be a star in college football. You do not want to lose him. So if he isn't starting this season, you want to make sure that you are holding on to him so that you have, you know, your quarterback of the future still on roster. Um and then my um, last question here before we call it a week at Locked on Aggies is, will a tight end lead the team in receiving? <sighs> I think you're going to see Donovan Green have a really good season. I do, but I don't think he's going to lead the team in receiving. I, I still think that Jade Walker is going to blossom into a star in college football next year. And I think I think you could see Jade Walker lead the team in receiving. I'm kind of calling my shot there now. So, no, I don't think a tight end leads the team in receiving. But I do think Donovan Green is going to be heavily involved 
in Coach Klein's game plan when it comes to the offense. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you all so much for being here every single day. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. It helps the show a ton. If you're listening on a podcast platform, leave five stars on the review. It helps a lot as well. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Like I said, I hope everybody has an outstanding Friday, a great weekend. Enjoy playoff football. I know I am. Enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you on Monday. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.